The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsetnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. And, of course, we cannot get away from winter, huh, Zach? It turned yeah. <laughs> arctic and snowy and everything out there. But one thing is I say random, and in Rochester, as you must know by now if you listen to this or even go out, we have such a wide array of musical talent and so many great female artists in all categories of music. And I've listed them. I know many of them. They've been on here. And one of the ones I've noticed that, terms of difficulty in some ways that I did not know about was country and many of these great artists they fly away but like Haley's Comet they come back like from Tennessee and we were very lucky after finally getting our schedules down to have Alyssa Trey in on today. Hi Alyssa. Hi how you doing? Oh very good finally we got like the schedule down we were playing tag about being on here for so long. We finally got it we figured it out. It happened I'm surprised we didn't have like eight feet of snow or something. I mean one foot eight feet I don't like snow. Do you so. have the thing now, like, from living in Nashville, where it's like a culture shock coming here, you um, know, for the snow? Because I know you grew up here, you know yeah. everything. So it's funny, anytime there's even, like, the threat of snow, the entire city shuts down. Like, nobody goes out, nobody even gets coffee, schools are closed, it's insane. So people down there don't know how to deal with snow, ice, cold. It was amazing, because I lived in Alexandria for a while, and what happened was, you would get a trace the whole thing would shut down, and I would be laughing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A, a few years ago, a week before we went out to Las Vegas, it snowed. And on the Chamber of Commerce website, they shut the entire city down for an inch of snow. Wow. When we went to Dallas, they had two inches of snow and closed the airport. The airport? Yeah. Wow. Whereas I was in Helsinki, and they used, like, flamethrowers to burn through yeah. the ice. <laughs> you go to any civilized place, and I'm like, oh, hang on, five minutes. Plow it, and you're fine. Yeah. No, they. Wow. I think it was um, the big one, Dallas-Fort Worth, because we had to fly into Love Field. I think they shut down the, the huge airport. <laughs> Man. But give us a little background about yourself for everybody. Yeah. So I grew up in East Rochester and lived there my whole life. I kind of started out doing the whole music thing in Rochester, played a bunch of, you know, the local venues around here. And then four years ago, I moved to Nashville, been there ever since you know, working towards the thing of being an artist. And I come back to Rochester every, like, eight weeks, give or take, and I'll do, like, a week of shows. I get to see my friends, family, and the familiar faces of the fans, so. How did you get into this, though? Was there something that got you white country? Did you just find a liking to it? Yeah, so when I was younger, I've always written songs my whole life, and especially when I was really young, like when I was 10 years old, I didn't really know I was writing songs and I wasn't going for a genre. So I was just writing what I wanted to write, and I would listen to a little bit of everything. And then eventually I got older, and I was like, oh, this is country. I'm writing country. Because, you know, I would listen to, like, Carrie Underwood, Dixie Chicks, all these people. And I just kind of realized, oh, this is, this is, like, where I fit. This is, this is what I'm doing. 
for me, actually, for country, out of all things, I would might have the TV on. I found Hee Haw. <laughs> and you could find that on this one channel it's yeah. on now. Mm-hmm. And I got into that. And that was one of those things where, and then I think, did you have any album or any artist at the beginning that you saw and go, wow, this is somebody... Because somebody already says you sound a lot like Dolly Parton. Oh, I did. Well, I, thanks. I, was, I was listening to your stuff coming down here, and I was like, oh my God, she sounds like 9 to 5 Dolly Parton. Well, thank Which you. Which is ironic, because guess who played 9 to 5? Yeah, Jolene. Because yeah, <laughs> I literally said that. We were, we were waiting outside, and I was like, man, she really sounds like Dolly Parton. It was well, really. Well, thanks. Love, love Dolly. She's she's like my queen. I love How her. Can you not if, love Dolly? Have you ever heard her version of Stairway to Heaven? Mm-hmm. And I like Little Sparrow. That's like one of the yeah. albums. She Everything she does, I just, I adore her. She's my queen. I love her. Mm. I like Loretta Lynn, too, as Loretta's well. And great. Like, I think about, like, Fifth City, which mm-hmm. is my friend Elon Jewell did a cover of that, which is really good. But a lot of mess with Loretta. That's great. Yeah. Did some Loretta last night, too, at my show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, so when I was growing up, the artists that were kind of all over the radio are, like, Faith Hill, Dixie Chicks, um, there was Carrie Underwood, Taylor Swift, Miranda Lambert, Shania Twain, and hearing all their voices, I think, really shaped what my sound became, and, you know, for me, hearing their voices on the radio, it was like, wow, like, women killing it, doing awesome, I want to be like them. It's awesome, though, that's, like, they're great, and then you found, did you... We always go back and forth here where I know so many musicians very talented about being like classically trained trained or just doing it on your own. Did you take lessons for guitar and you play mandolin? You play so it's funny. Um, so first my dad taught me how to play guitar because I was writing these songs in my head and I didn't play any instrument. I played piano, but I saw all these country artists playing guitar. So I was like, oh, that's what I have to do. And my dad's a guitar player, so I was like, Dad, I want to learn guitar. So he taught me, taught me a few chords, and we're doing chords, it's going great. And he was like, hey, why don't you take, like, like real lessons and learn, you know, scales, things like that. And I was like, eh, okay. I think I took one lesson, and then I quit because I hated it. The teacher was great. Like, it was just me being sassy. But, um, yeah, so my I, dad taught I, me, and after that I kind of self-taught myself everything else. I found this quite the dichotomy about that where I... No people, and it doesn't seem whatever way you go to get to where you are is fine. Yeah, I find no people rules. who very classically trained, and then people who just thought, well, I picked it up and I learned it. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend that is an incredible fiddle player, and she was classically trained, like classic violin. And then one day she was like, you know what? I want to do country. We're going to do fiddle now. And her teacher was like, no. And it's so funny. But yeah, there's no rules. How are you? I always ask the question in terms of musicians because every musician I know could play like 50 instruments. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you'd ever be interested in picking up that you haven't played or you'd like to try? Yes, a real banjo. I've played ganjo, which is like. It looks and sounds like a banjo, but it has the strings of a guitar. So it's basically you play a guitar and it sounds like a banjo. But a true banjo, the strings are different, the tunings are different, and it's really difficult to figure out. Um, so that's one that I want to actually learn. I've learned, actually, because of you, I've learned something new, too. There are plastic ukuleles for there kids. Are. And you have the whole endorsement with the... Kala, I do, yeah. I know I was going to pronounce the name wrong. So <laughs> but how did you get into that? It's like I was looking at, wow, you need little fingers to strum. Yeah, really cool. I love ukulele. Um, I met Kala at NAM, which is a big conference in Nashville. And they have like all the music gear, the instruments, things like that. And I met them and I was like, hey, I love ukuleles. Like, I'd love to talk to you about working together somehow. And didn't take long. We came to an agreement that we'd work together. And I play their ukuleles. They have a really cool thing called a U-Bass, which is a ukulele bass. 
And it's, yeah, I love their company. It's great. That's cool. And I know you played the mandolin, too, which yeah. is awesome. I love the sound of the mandolin. Me, too. Which is cool. It's very happy. And I do think of, like, that Bruce Hornsby song, Mandolin Rain, every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. I can't help it. But how did you all get in, then, to performing and I think it's a lot different now in terms of recording, where I remember Mm -hmm. years ago, I would always say the comment would be sometimes, it sounds local, because of the technology, you would hear some old bands, and wow, you could tell this was recorded in a basement or something, (laughs) whereas now, everything sounds like, your things are pristine. Thank you. And, but how did you start getting into doing your songs and performing and everything? So, actually, we are at the place that I first started recording. (laughs) With Mr. Andy Calabrese. And, I've heard of this um, guy. I've heard this, this guy's like an urban legend. I don't know if he exists, but I've heard like he played with Robert Johnson in the 30s. He's, been, <laughs> he's like a spirit of music in Rochester. <laughs> Never really seen him, but I've heard the yeah, name. Yeah, the elusive Andy Calabrese. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to start recording my original stuff. So, you know, my dad and I looked up some studios we could go to, and this is where we started. And then it kind of snowballed into I had some not great recording experiences elsewhere that kind of prompted me to learn how to do it myself so then I learned how to do it myself and after that I also went to school for it I went to Finger Lakes Community College for two years and then right after that I moved to Nashville and just started doing it myself I have a studio set up in Nashville Um, I do all my own demos I'm producing my own records so it all kind of snowballed that's cool. I love the control aspect, too, because yeah. that's like for me, if you do it, you know, if you mess up, you don't mess up. You know you did it. Mm-hmm. And I've had friends who've had some deals, and what I would hear was I love the music, but I hate the industry part of it because I literally did an album, and they said, no, you can't do it that way. <laughs> well, yeah. you, just, you go in and you go, I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's one cool thing about being an indie artist is you can literally do anything you want. Um, I don't have anybody telling me, like, no, you can't release that song, or no, you can't do this thing you want to do. We have to do this. So, yeah. One, th- one thing I like to ask is between, you do some very good cover songs, and I think your own songs are great. And how is it between covers and originals? Is there different, what I'm trying to say really is like in terms of originals, I've always known there's always a passion for originals, but I see with your covers, you bring it on those too. Because I will say like if you ever see Alyssa live, and you should, you really bring it on stage. You do have a passion. You can tell you really enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, for and sure. I, and I've seen a lot of bands who come out and... <laughs> Well, let's just say, I've, I've been to some shows, literally, where the band comes out, you know, they don't want to be there, mm-hmm. and it's like, what are we doing? Are they just going through the motions? But you mm-hmm. really bring it, and you bring it, you make the covers your own. Yeah, I always like to put a little twist on them, kind of make them a little different than the original, but still honor the original. And you still get a kick out of, like, doing them, plus you're, you like doing both, do you prefer yeah. doing your original songs? I do like doing my original songs more just because, you know, they're originals. I think we and... do. I think everybody I've ever talked to, because I have friends who will do like, cover bands and they enjoy it, but then they have their own projects. And when you bring your creativity to it and what you do, that really has a difference. And I think mm-hmm. you it shows with people. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, songs are, for a songwriter, our songs are like our children. So it's really fun to just, you know, share our art with people. And when people want to listen, it means a lot more than people think it does. And how so. do you get your – I'll use an example. My friend Greg Townsend for the High Risers, he gets his influences everywhere. He said he was driving along one time at night. Somebody threw a cigarette out on the road. His song sparks in the highway. He's yeah. driving down the road. 
sees a signed ATM inside, writes a song ATM inside. Mm-hmm. One of my really good friends that I will not name her wrote one song and I asked her what it was about. It's like, it was about somebody I never want to see again. <laughs> and I would mm. say, don't piss a songwriter off. No, don't do that. It, it's a bad move. It, where do you get your... I, do they just come to you or they... A lot of my songs are from personal experience, whether it's something that I personally went through or something I saw a friend go through, or I've also gotten ideas from like books I've read or movies I've seen or just things I've noticed people going through or doing. Um, like if I am part of a conversation but I'm not talking... I'm probably thinking about writing a song about something that somebody just said. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it all comes from something I experienced personally, whether it was, like, truly me going through it or me kind of observing. And I do, like, because I write a lot. Like, I'll see, like, it shows. I look like the miserable person in the corner. I assure you I'm having fun. But I will pick <laughs> stuff up from people and then, yeah. like, think, wow, look at this person doing it. And I know, Zach, you had one that interested you already. You listened to Alyssa's. Oh, yeah. Um, the first one I actually ran across was Pickle Jar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like. Okay, and then the chorus comes around, and I can open my own pickle jar. I was like, oh, okay then. <laughs> the title now makes perfect sense. There you go, yeah. Yeah. And the thing but, about that is you can do that. I always hurt my wrist when I try to open a pickle jar. <laughs> I have tricks. Dang so. <coughs> mm-hmm. it, hit it with the Hit it with the heavy end I of a butter knife. I love pickles, so. <laughs> oh, I do too. It's like load up like around here, pick mm-hmm. different ones. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're in a pickle factory. I know. This was real. I guess this yeah. was a real pickle factory. Back in, back in the day, I still have to figure out when exactly it stopped becoming a pickle factory. It's got to be somewhere. Everywhere. Somewhere in the history of imagine Rochester. Like, oh, okay, we'll do the interview now. You, every guest gets a barrel of pickles to take. Oh, my oh, God. That you would kidding be me? cool. Are you kidding me? We'd have you people You must say some up. good ones like in Nashville. I was going to ask about Nashville, too. Don't, don't help them. Have you heard of hot chicken? Hell yeah. Nashville hot chicken? Yeah. Never had it, but I've heard of well, it. Well, you should have been in the audience. I don't think anybody knew or Nobody what person Nobody heard of knew. it. It was so funny. It's kind of like, so Nashville hot chicken is big in Nashville, obviously. Kind of like how we have garbage plates here. Yeah. If I tell someone in Nashville, do you know what a garbage plate is? They're yeah, like, they have no what? clue what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, so it was kind of like kind of like that. The one I always thought of down south was Chow Chow. Mm. And that's one, you can't, they have it up here in some places, but it's one of those you can't. I was asking the singer from Southern Culture on the Skids about it, and I lives in Lenoir, I think it's Lenoir, we would pronounce it, Lenoir, North Carolina. And it's like a hot sort of like relish base. I think and it's, it's very, it's, and I always have this thing about regional cooking, where like mm-hmm. if you try to make hush puppies or something up here, you're not going to do it right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like in Nashville, they have their specialties. They do, yeah. I mean, on top of the Nashville hot chicken, we have chicken and waffles. They do have great hush puppies. And a big thing is like a meat and three. So you get some kind of like barbecue mm-hmm. meat, and then you get three really good sides. That's kind of like the staple. I think some places say you get three vegetables, but they consider macaroni and cheese a vegetable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. But I know a regional thing. When I was in South Carolina, the first thing I wanted to do was get a pimento cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I find, and I got one. The lady working the counter, she's like, "You're not from here." I'm like, no, ma'am, I'm mm-hmm. not. That's actually my, my good friend Ron Stein. He lives in Nashville, but he does security for bands. And when, whenever you're playing, and whenever you ever need security, if you're playing a huge date, yeah. he did. He was on tour with Sam Hunt. Oh, cool! And what he would do was you go around. And he would always try, like, the different cuisines and everything was going around the country. There's a lot of cool things to eat in Nashville. Not just, like, Nashville staples, but because the city is such a melting pot, there's literally everything. So there's a ton of, like, Vietnamese and Chinese food and Japanese food and vegan food. And it's really, really cool. That's really awesome, though. It's like... Well, it's what they say whenever the... uh 
immigrants start showing up, the food improves drastically. Yeah, I think so. But did you did you just do this career wise or pick? I won't think because of country. Oh, I really want to live in Nashville. And mm-hmm. you just I know a lot of my friends actually, like Meg Williams. I mentioned she's mm-hmm. gone down there. A couple of my other friends because I don't know, one of my friends signed with Rounder Records mm-hmm. and going down there was this more. Let's get the hell out of the cold weather. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the cold, but um. And you were bored all, here and everything. Yeah, it all started. You know, I was younger and I was kind of researching. I guess you could say the artists that I was following, the artists that I mentioned earlier. And one thing they all had in common was that they moved to Nashville. So I was like, oh, that's that's what I have to do. So I asked my parents if we could go on a family vacation to Nashville. This was kind of my way of, like, breaking it to them easily. So (laughs) we went on vacation there, and it was incredible. As soon as I was in that city, I knew I wanted to live there one day. And so afterwards, shortly after that, I started really pursuing music seriously. And so then I was like, Mom and Dad, I, I need to go to Nashville on, like, a business trip. I want to see if I can do this. So my dad took me on some business trips, air quotes, um, every, every like couple months we'd go down to Nashville for about a week and we did that for maybe a year and a half or two years. And literally every time I was there, every single person we met said, you need to move to Nashville. You need to move That's to Nashville. It's good when you find like a sense of place, something yeah. you fit in and you enjoy and everything. Yeah. And actually I was thinking of the Grand Old Opry. Have you ever been to the Grand Old Opry? I have been there. It's amazing. It's a dream to play there one day. I have the story I can't ever... <laughs> the immortal George Jones and there is one story about him where he had some issues mm-hmm. obviously but I guess the Jones boys were playing he's in a bar so somebody has to go get him he's drunk mm-hmm. get on stage George he goes up he goes on stage walks across stage leaves they ride and beat up all the Jones boys <laughs> oh my there's some crazy stories about Nashville and country stars, I'll tell you. The other one I see always is I always mention, I should, I should send an email to Mike from Wood Songs. They send it for some friends. If you ever watch Wood Songs, mm-hmm. so it would be up your alley. And a lot of people, I know Amy Laverre's played there, Samantha Fish. And it's really sort of that kind of music, too. Yeah. But that's in Kentucky. Mm, that's not too far from Nashville, though. Oh, Kentucky's really? Yeah, close. it is. Yeah. You don't think about that. You think about you go down Ohio, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do know some geography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we pass right through Kentucky when we drive to Nashville. Yeah, I'm picturing it in my head now. Yeah. <laughs> but that's cool. But now explain, like, okay, these are your first albums, right? I brought mm-hmm. everything. I've owned these yeah. for years. Yeah. <laughs> How did the whole process go about, like, doing these? And was Yeah, so actually the very first record I ever put out was one I released in 2013. It was a full album. And I was like a baby. I was like 16 years old. So after a few years, we were like, let's just not sell this anymore because it, you know, people go to listen and I sound like a toddler. Um, (laughs) But I released that. And after that, we started going to Nashville more and we reached out to some studios there and we were like, hey, like we're looking to record some original music. And I did three EPs in Nashville and they were all at different studios, but basically it was just I had written all these original songs. I wanted to put them out for people to hear, for people to discover, and I wanted to have something at my shows that I could give to people. So that's why we did all the EPs, and now I'm working on another album. So, yeah. You would seem like you would record more organically, and by that I mean you're more live person. A lot of live, You just seem yeah. like you would do that. You wouldn't go with all the dubbings and all the... I do mainly live stuff. I do do some overdubs, depending on what the song needs. Um, but yeah, like all of the EPs I've done so far and pretty much all the music I've released, it's been, you know, real instruments, things like that. And the one thing, what was your first gig? 
like in public, not at home or seeing it. My first, (laughs) (laughs) my first technically gig was actually at my high school, and they had this thing that was really cool. It was called Acoustic Coffee House, and the band teacher put it on, and it was just after school. Students could come and bring their instruments. They could play a cover. They could play an original song. So I brought my guitar and I sang a song and I remember being so nervous. I just stared at my guitar the whole time and there were like maybe 12 people there, but that was that was the very first taste of Better than ours cuz we did one at our high school and our amp exploded. So Oh. Yeah, so we started calling we say it was we changed the name to feedback for a while <laughs> cuz that was like spinal tap for your playing yeah. and all you're hearing is is someone might have this on video somewhere. It's like oh, wow. you're lucky because I'm sure you could Google your name. You might have that on YouTube. You don't even know playing in high school. It's like back in the day with I us, might. we were kind I of free. I have video of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> not yeah. for sale. Not for... No, not for sale. I keep that to myself. <laughs> but the one thing that's really cool, too, is you've played with a lot of people. You've mm-hmm. toured with a lot of people. And you said, like, Nashville, like, around here, I don't know, you might meet maybe Bozo the Clowns walking somewhere, <laughs> some random person. I've actually had some weird random encounters here. But you run into, like, celebrities all the time. I do. Honestly, it's crazy. And, you know, I'm in the industry, so I've been at events that these celebrities, famous people are at. And it's like, this is so weird. We're at the same event. Like, we're working with the same people. This is crazy. But, yeah, it's it's crazy because it's the norm there. But we always see, like, we actually, my friend Steve and I, one time we ran an Eddie Van Halen up here. Wow. And and he's, it's Eddie Van Halen. And you, you know, sense of place, like, what's he doing here? <laughs> so I guess he knew somebody at a place where we're at. So oh, wow. Steve being Steve goes runs up, hey, go have a picture <laughs> And I'm going to second. Or I guess like Ryan Adams actually used to live here for a while, oh. which was true. I guess he actually really did. Hmm. And I don't know if you'd want to run into Ryan Adams. So, <laughs> which, which Steve is this? Is this Litvak? No, it's oh. Steve Pizzuto. But Ryan Adams, I took. Funnier. I remember taking. I've been a big fan of Ryan Adams for years. So I remember taking. We went to a festival. And I told my friends, "Okay, now if you're, we're going to go see Ryan Adams, I got to warn you a little bit." Uh, it might be depending on how he is. So he comes out, he plays three songs. He says, you know, I haven't taken my meds for a few days. He walks off the stage because that was Ryan. Oh, wow. That's insane. <laughs> so that's like, you know, that's just how Ryan Adams was. I guess I saw him again, actually, in Ohio a while back, and he seemed a little more, like, peaceful and mm-hmm. everything. But he yeah. has his issues. So, I mean, hey, the industry does that to people. It's it's a It's a tough one. How did you get into doing music for movies and stuff too yeah so every opportunity i've had in that respect the movie people reached out to me and said hey we like what you're doing do you want to write something for us can we feature this so it's really cool when people find you and discover you and want to work okay, with you. i've actually seen jersey devil oh yeah yes have you seen it mm-hmm. we've both seen jersey seen devil it. yeah it was um one of the sci-fi things the sci-fi there's originals. a couple of them well, wait, which one? Is it the one? I think it's the one with Lou Diamond Phillips? Or am I thinking of a different one? You might be thinking of a different yeah, one. Yeah, it's a different one. There's a different one called Jersey Devil. It's almost like, not Blair Witch-like, but it's sort of like that. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the one. Who knows? Yeah. I've seen so many. I watched it on New Year's point. Eve one year. Oh, wow. <laughs> Little awesome. did I know that was your song. It was my song, I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to look back and see. You don't need TV? I've done some TV things. I was actually on a commercial here for Tom Walls. That was really fun a while back. Um, I've done a bunch of like news spots and things like that. 
Um, TV shows, I haven't really done any. That would be fun to do. In the Shout out to Maybird, my friends in Maybird. They actually have a song on The Man in the High Castle and That's on awesome. iZombie. That's and Josh awesome. was telling me about that. I thought, I love iZombie. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know, cool. it's really cool. Like, if you ever did, like, if they have a Buffy reboot, I have to, like, get you on there or something. That would be cool. That'd be it's cool. It's me and Buffy and everything. But that's got to be cool sometimes, especially like if you like a show and somebody calls you. Oh, wow, I watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. That's, now, have you had like some good, like interesting touring experiences with these musicians? Fun, and everything. Have, and it's going to be amazing, too. I have like my good friend Rob Mount years ago in high school. And it's amazing how people go through the years. He started drumming. You know, Foreigner's a big band, so down mm-hmm. the line, he's drumming for Lou Graham. Yeah. Have you ever had that where I really idolize this person? Wow, I'm playing, I'm opening for them. I have. You know, a really cool experience I had was when I found out I was opening for Charlie Daniels. Oh, nice. And it was really cool because my dad is in my band, and he's a huge Charlie Daniels fan. So I found out, and my dad's in the other room, and I walk in, and I say, Hey, Dad, guess who's opening for Charlie Daniels? And he was like, I don't know who. He thought I was going to say, like, an artist I like, can we go see the show? And I was like, we are. And he was like, wait, what? Wait, what? And I was like, yeah, we're opening for Charlie You've got a story about Charlie. Well, no, I saw him at a, at a fire hall outside of Pittsburgh years ago. And he sh- came out after sunset because, as he put it, I'm old and fat and it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, he tore the place down. I mean, the guy can flat out put on a show. Oh, he can. He's incredible. Oh, my God. You forget about his pedigree. I mean, he played with Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. I think on John Wesley Harding. He's been around. He's like almost 85 now. And he's yeah. been. And we, I remember hearing for the whole devil went down to Georgia and all these, but he's done a lot of different things. His show, I kid you not, was just incredible. I mean, the audience was silent when he did the really touching slow songs. When he did like Devil Went Down to Georgia, it was like a riot. It was crazy. I think about him too. He's a very big people person. I he think is. people can tell he loves people. Yeah, and, and it's actually funny. His team, I guess, has told him, like, hey, you have to stop touring, like, for your health. And he was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Willie touring. Nelson, I think he's going to be 87. He still tours. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how. I think it's it gets me because I was thinking, again, I saw Bob Dylan a couple years ago. He's pushing 80. I'm sure he's got tons of money, I would figure. But he's endless every year. He's mm-hmm. He has some health problems in the early 80s. Every year he tours. And I think yeah. when you think about, you don't have to do it. You just do it because you love it. Yeah. I saw Mose Allison, which for me was like a real treat. And he had a little bit of Alzheimer's, so he played two songs twice. But he toured. He was touring 200 dates a year into his 80s. Mm-hmm. And you obviously going around, you must love to do it after yeah, a while. Yeah, you have to love it. I mean, it is a lot. It gets tiring. But at the end of the show, at the end of the day, it's still what you love to do. Do you ever do the one when you're in some city and you say the wrong city? <laughs> <laughs> I had the who? Roger Daltrey. I have done that Roger yet. Daltrey. They're playing in Canada. He said it's great to be back in Rochester. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I've been close to doing that. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> it's like, hi, hello, how how you like So you me? haven't had to write the name of the city on the back of a guitar? I will write it on my set list. Yeah, like, um, hello. Yeah. Do you have any yeah. good Sheboygan. One of my friends had to text me. She's like, I'm having a gin and tonic with Fiona Apple. And she sent me this picture with uh, Sean Lennon from uh, South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Do you have any interesting stories with people you met like i, I know you met randy travis yeah that's kind of my most interesting story i had tacos with randy travis um <laughs> we're at the same pr firm in nashville and the company had a christmas party that i went to i did not think he would be there but then he came in 
and all of a sudden we're eating tacos together, and then we played Secret Santa together, and we we took a, a group picture together at the Christmas party, and I was next to him, and he he grabbed me, and he just gave me this big hug. He was in a wheelchair, but he just, like, grabbed me, and he's, like, giving me a hug, and I was like, what is going on? Like, this is Mr. Randy Travis, and He's also crazy. part of, I mean, there's all different waves of country, as I say. He was part of that one wave, I think, with Alan Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really brought it to the radio. Mm-hmm. And I remember my big story one time was at a thing in New York. Mick Jagger stepped on my foot when he walked by. <laughs> so oh my. My, my encounter with Mick Jagger, he said sorry. <laughs> <laughs> at least he said sorry. Yeah, he did. It's like, you should, you should have been rude. You're Rolling Stone. You should have gave me the finger or something. <laughs> so that was my famous encounter. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's, that's my funny. whole, you know, when I'm like 90, hey, Mick Jagger stepped on my foot. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So what did you ever do? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> but that's cool, but that... One thing, and you made me aware of this, and you have to talk about your song, this right here, because I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I've had one of my very good friends' bands I play with, I they've told me, people would come up to them and say, I can't believe you girls play this instrument, or you do this. Mm-hmm. And I always say, I want to get a shirt saying, I wish I could play like a girl. Because I know I do a lot of stuff with Girls Rock, Rochester mm-hmm. here, they do this, but I've friends tell me this happens and i did not realize that this happened in country music as much oh yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yes it's a very big issue um yeah my song because i am a girl that's kind of it's kind of about being a girl in society and then in the bridge it's specifically well about just interrupt music. a second this is very timely because finally harry weinstein finally got yes. busted and I, they couldn't give him enough but they got yes, him at least they got him and i hope this tells more people don't hide about this. If something happens, tell somebody. Don't yes. just be a victim. Yes, absolutely. There's actually going on right now in the country music world. We just had CRS, which is Country Radio Seminar, and somebody came forward talking about a really not appropriate encounter that she had as a journalist with a male artist. And so that kind of sparked this whole conversation again. And yeah, when they come forward, that's when at least word gets out about these people. You know what I mean? So definitely always come forward. There will always be people there for you. And, I mean, I don't care. I still love the Dixie Chicks. My name is Earl. I think it's funny. I love the Dixie Chicks. I don't care if Country Radio says not to play them. I love them. How can See, that's the beauty for me. It's like, I'm not going to listen to your channel then. I'll play these myself. The heck with Mm -hmm. you and everything. But they've done this to many artists. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really sad. And see, I don't even realize it because in a lot of ways... I listen to a lot of country music, but mostly I listen to the stuff I bought. I don't really listen to radio. And I don't know. I did not realize... I think what you said, and I've heard this myself a couple times I have, if you listen to it, you'll hear the same 10 songs over mm-hmm. the same people. Yep. And I think there's a big double standard, too, because I think you can have male artists talk about, like, really terrible things. Yeah. If female dares to speak up. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. And when I released that song, actually, half the people, I'd say, or maybe more than half the people were very supportive about it. But then there were some people that were like, you're overreacting. This isn't a problem. Sit down. Shut up. And I was like, whoa, like, (laughs) this is even bigger of a problem than I thought it was. I want an example of that. One of my friends, he wanted to see what it was like from a female perspective. So what he did, he went on one of those online dating services. He pretended to be a female. He said what he got back. 
her responses. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to say it's horrible, but he had to say, I guess that's why a lot of women say no dick pics. Because you will have that's these guys trying too. to text you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you think about what you go through. And a lot of people just, oh, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. Well, if you look at it, like now, for example, all social media, if somebody sends you a message, they blur the picture first. And you have to, like, gradually unblur it to make sure you want to see it. And that's why. See, you're of that age where I still sort of a half a Luddite and I try to avoid that stuff. I send pictures of cats in funny stuff i never said like sicko. I like cats if anybody ever stuff. says oh that was horrible you sent me but it was like a stuffed bunny you <laughs> lighten up i can't yeah. you know but that that's it can be you know there's that element of society that's mm-hmm. always been there i mean when we were kids we had you know stranger danger and everything yeah but we always sort of everybody tried to be nice and keep it under it's like with the clergy things going on mm-hmm. now we, you have to be honest about this stuff because how do you fix it and how do you treat people decently yeah and yeah. like i like when i started this about saying female artists in the era i like to get to the point where i just don't say male or female i just say talented artists yeah that's honestly and one thing that people say about this whole like female artist movement whatever is that we want special treatment but no we just want people to stop saying what's it like to be a female artist like no what's it like to be an artist don't care about my gender i care about the music i'm making i still don't understand that when they said like i can't believe you girls play instruments are you Mm -hmm. kidding me i've had a a lot of people actually talk too yeah i've had a lot of people especially in recording studios (laughs) yeah people will be like wow, I've never seen a, a girl, like, play guitar like that. Good for you. Like, oh, wow, you you sing, you write your own songs? Whoa. Like, yes. I am going to get a shirt now saying I wish I played like a girl. Do it. <laughs> do it. Please but I'm very for that. I think it's ridiculous to hold anybody back and let them go mm-hmm. on their merits and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's stupid. You can't because your vocals, you know, you're female. But I'd love to just play, like, a song and say, wow, that's great, isn't it? Don't you like how he did? Oh, by the way, that's not a guy who wrote that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. <laughs> you know, like June Carter wrote uh, Ring of Fire. A lot mm-hmm. of people about her relationship with Johnny Cash. Yeah. And Johnny was very big about including people. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was great. He was a big voice behind not necessarily the women movement because it wasn't as big of a thing when he was you know at his prime i guess but he was very big on radio taking chances on songs that didn't fit the the template of what they were looking for i think he would be though those kind of guys were rebels merle haggard definitely Mm -hmm. some of these guys yeah you won't want to mess with any of these guys either but even like sinatra for all his flaws i guess like he would be very very good to black musicians mm-hmm. very talented so you're going to include them you're not not going to include yeah them. he paid sammy davis jr well for pay for carrying his golf clubs <laughs> that's a joke but <laughs> is it no, it no is. he was actually very good he made sure he included them and but everything. he was not the leader as we all found out later oh, on Dean in life martin. dean I'm martin was dean the true martin leader person. of that group frank had to ask his permission to do things i love sinatra but he cowtailed to dean martin like everybody else did that's important. And I know your dad's got a band, too, as you said. Yeah. And I think I've seen them actually before. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So he always says I took him out of retirement once he started playing in my band. And then uh, some other people in our band, actually, our drummer, he was in another band already. And he was like, hey, do you want to be a part of our band, too? Like, we need a guitar player. So my dad was like, okay, why not? And then they also recruited my bass player for, like, fill-ins when somebody's sick. So, yeah, all my band is in Well, there's the thing too. about in Rochester where everybody's got to be in 15 bands. Yeah, I yeah. mean, pretty much everybody I know, pretty much, like, I don't know how my friend Sam Snyder sticks. He's, Sam, you're producing this? You're doing this band? There's a new one? My friend Tommy, you wonder what he's going to start next. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, God. How many... When he would have to, when he at the end of the D and D thing, when he would rattle off what he's up to, it's like, my God, I can never remember all this. That's actually a question I was going to ask you. Was 
in terms of comfort zone, my good friend Vicky started this thing she's doing now monthly where musicians are playing things out of their zones. They're like a punk band. They're going to do acoustic. My friend Amanda's going to play upright bass. Is there a genre that you would think is out there you'd ever want to try, like even like mm. once? You know, I think doing like a like a true pop song would be really fun. Like power like, pop or pop or like straight up pop that you'd hear on pop radio. I think it would be fun just to kind of like see what it was like. Like Liz Fair. Well, Liz Fair did that when she changed sort of from new wave punk. She actually made a poppy album, which she did. It was very well produced in quality. Mm-hmm. And of course, fans don't realize they're like, oh, well, you sold out. Well, go where the music takes you and like yeah. it's good i always say count basie said it and i said there's two types of music good music and bad music mm-hmm. yeah and you know a funny thing too when i was younger i always thought it would be really cool to be a genreless artist and i thought it'd be cool to like put out an album and every song is a different genre so i think that'd be really fun to do one day maybe later on in my career a rock opera about hot chicken <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to do I'd that listen yeah to it. I'll do that. Triple, triple album. Yes. And then I'll do like a nice ballad about garbage plays from Rochester. Yes, with opera and <laughs> yes. everything else. That would be that would be really kind of funny. But I, I like how that goes like that. And the other thing I always like to ask musicians too is like, do you have a preference? I know we talked ukulele. Mm-hmm. Do you have preference for like equipment or do you just pick up any guitar? And So I am with Breed Love Guitars and I love my Breed Love Guitars. They're incredible. And I find myself always reaching for a guitar when I write. I've written on piano, mandolin, ukulele too, but I always reach for a guitar first. It's where I'm most comfortable. Words or music come first. It's like You know, it varies each song. Every song, sometimes I get the idea, sometimes I get the melody, sometimes I have like a just a few lyrics I've written down. And the one thing I was going to say, too, you fall into the category, again, of so many people that are friends of mine, uh, being the big cat person. And I guess if you go on <laughs> yeah. your side, you could I say love I love kitties. the cats. Yeah, I love my kitties. Yeah. And what are their names? And I have two kids. Less they're shy. Yeah. <laughs> one of them is very shy, but um, I have one girl. Her name is Beasley, and she was named after The Office, uh, the character Pam Beasley, because <laughs> uh, The Office is my favorite TV show. And then I have one more cat. He's a boy. His name is Chip, and he was named after Chip Gaines from the HGTV show Fixer Upper. <laughs> That's a good Those one. Those are my kitties. Did you ever see the, the UK version of The Office? Yeah. I have. I like that one, too. That one's... You have to get the humor at first because it's yeah. really subtle. It has UK humor for sure. You either start but... laughing or you don't start laughing or anything else. It's like a delayed laugh. You're like, is that funny? Oh, yeah, that's funny. Okay, I get it. That's... <laughs> it is. It's like I remember there was like one with a little thing and his pants fell down and people are... Yeah. But I actually have a question. Okay. How would you describe country music to somebody country... that doesn't know it? Because yeah. Growing up, when I thought of country music, I thought of, like, Hank Williams. Sure. The real twangy stuff. But yeah. It's... Red So... Actually, I was listening to Red Sovine recently. Yeah, I mean, it's... And truck... Oh, you have to do sometime. That. You're a country artist. You have to do one truck song. I do have one truck song. I do have one. Or did you ever hear, like, the whole country music song? Well, you know... You know, my my boyfriend left me, my girlfriend left me, my dog died, my pickup truck blew up, I'm Mm -hmm. broke, and my liver's falling apart. Yep. Mm -hmm. And actually, that brings up a story, too. You talked about opening gigs. One of the things I'll share with you is Hayes Carl. I love Hayes Mm -hmm. Carl. But Hayes said, like, he worked in Galveston, his first gig. You can't top this one. He played on, I guess he played on Wednesday nights at a bar. And they, what they would do is advertise it. Wednesday night special, $4 bucket of chicken and Hayes Carl. 
That's awesome. <laughs> and I guess it flooded the guy's lion escape. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. But, yeah, how would you describe country? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously country has evolved a lot. And, you know, there's there's kind of like two sides of country right now. There's the traditional side and then there's the more modern side. And I love both sides. I think great music is great music. But the way I see country music is that it's all about the song and it's all about the songwriting. It's about the story in the song. So even if there are kind of some more pop, rock, whatever it is, elements in the production, it comes down to you can play the song just with an acoustic guitar, and it still works. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think we also, again, labels, whatever. It's music. It's music, But I think yeah. about, like, alt-country, which comes out of Graham Parsons a little. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. Or pop-country, which really, I think, came out of bands like the eagles and even america yeah which america i think was after the eagles but they ripped off the eagles <laughs> but those type of bands and because keith yeah. richards that's why the stones were playing dead flowers and got into the country things because he was friends with graham parsons mm-hmm. and i love graham and emmy lou emmy lou harris has got one of those voices that's just yeah. it's like an angel singing mm-hmm. or something and then it became towns van zandt and like one of my favorite bands that's really underappreciated the jayhawks mm-hmm. and one of the only people i will go see in a big arena jason isbell Yes, he's, yes. A confession, I hope Dave's not listening, but we're going to go see him. He's mm-hmm. playing with Trey Anastasio, and I hate fish. <laughs> and, but it's the only place Jason's playing. I've yeah. actually seen him. We, like, took a road trip even to go to the Beacon Theater to see him. Yeah. And talk about meeting artists. I've noticed, like, when you meet people, you're friendly, open. Keep this in mind. I guess one of my friends met Jason Isbell years ago. So he met him when he played here again. He goes, he didn't remember. He said, you met when I was drunk? Was I an asshole to you? Because <laughs> I guess he had the... But Jason, I just think, is like songwriter. He's just up there. He's like Oh, someone. he's one of the best writers ever. He's incredible. Yeah. So that's one person I will actually go to the larger places and see because he's just incredible. And I guess we were vampires. It was like talked about in the New York Times magazine. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the top 25 songs. That song is amazing. And it really is an elephant. Yeah. And I just love the way he's going, too, with the Nash, with his Nashville band and everything mm-hmm. else. And I think he had to get away from drive-by truckers just because he does. He's tried to clean up his life. But right, he, does, yeah. he does do decoration day and everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. He's incredible. But this is real. I think you're doing very well. Thank and the, you. And it's always – what I love to see, too – is you go from step one where you, like, ten years later, every album you're like, what are you doing now? Wow, this mm-hmm. is really, where did you get this idea? Where did you get this idea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and everything. I think which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's a never-moving process and not slowing down. It's not one of those where, oh, why am I listening to this is the same stuff as the first album? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know, what's, you know, that's because some bands, they only have three albums in them but mm-hmm. a lot of bands just you grow as an artist and you learn new things and you try new things and in music what you do you might listen to something and be wow i've never heard this this is like some kind of different i've just started listening to some music of africa and it's all mm-hmm. there's so many different beats and things out there yeah. then you incorporate it in your music mm-hmm. but yeah. it stays you in a way too it's yeah. really cool yeah i think that's what really makes an artist an artist is you kind of keep reinventing yourself in a way and you keep trying new things but you still sound like you yes that's a great way of describing it thanks well as we wrap it down two things one your ultimate collaboration living or dead living or dead Hmm. regardless of genre since you're one of since you are the genreless musician i mean i feel like it's it's pretty like 
obvious of me to say this, but Dolly Parton. Yeah, I'll say, I think that I'd send her a message. I think that would probably be a lot but of some people's people. I've, to I've that. met yeah. enough people, like some people, I would be sort of embarrassed by because I'd act like a drooling idiot in front know, of, even though too. I didn't want to. Or you'd think about it's bad when you rehearse what you're going to say because mm-hmm. yeah. what's going to happen? You go up and you'll say the dumbest. No, because you're going to go. You're going to go up and pull the Lenny Montana from The Godfather. You know, <laughs> it's an honor to be here on the day of your daughter's wedding. Because it turns out, he actually was rehearsing that because he was scared shitless to do a scene with Marlon Brando. Hmm. The director, Coppola, saw it and said, put it in the movie. So him rehearsing was literally him rehearsing to have a scene with Marlon Brando. Oh, wow. That would be me with a lot of celebrities. Yeah, there's a few celebrities that if I ever got the chance to meet them... Complete starstruck. One of them, it did happen. I met Taylor Swift, and I just lost my chill. By the way, Um, I have a connection to her. I have a huge connection. Yes, I do. Our birthday's the same. Oh, that's awesome. I often... I find I wondered why I get mistaken for something, <laughs> and I turned out our birth date's the same. Makes sense. She's got the thing about hers; people don't appreciate. She's got loads of talent. She, it's, I have seen a lot of her shows now, and she just is such an entertainer, such a songwriter, such an artist. And when I met her, I got to meet her mom too, and they're just all so sweet and genuine. And it's just incredible, yeah. It is, and a lot of people, like, I met Johnny Cash back in the 90s. He played at the Auditorium Theater, and I remember June playing. I was scared at first, because I thought, oh, I want to hear Johnny Cash. It's not going to be a Christmas show, because he had poinsettias and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they did the show, but they're, I always say their term I use was country people. Mm-hmm. And what they did was, after the show, it's snowing out, mm-hmm. they stood in the back, talked to anybody you want yeah. to talk. Mm-hmm. Everything else, they were sweet, yeah, which is really nice. But that was the one time I saw him, and he really came off as like sincere, which mm-hmm. I really liked. It everything, yeah. I mean, Johnny Cash was a rebel, but he was definitely a sincere person, which is yeah. really cool. He was a man of the people. I always mm-hmm. say that for sure. Is the some of my southern friends would say like they could yes, ma'am, no, ma'am themselves into anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's like all right, but. See, I would have loved to have met or even seen Johnny Cash. Yeah, that would have been incredible. But it will that happen. I mean, one of my friends right now is, she's actually on a Bob Weir video. She played with him. She did a great, she ended up playing with Bob Weir. And she went around doing a Grateful Dead, like the live album. But mm-hmm. I guess the video of Bob Weir at one show, she played with her. So you'll be amazed how many people will find you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they'll have an ear and they'll say, you know, we want part of that. Yeah, Because yeah. this is talent and this is something new. But I would I would freak out. I'll actually, you know, I don't know if Dolly knows me personally, but mm-hmm. I'll tell her, hey, we do this. Get her to play. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Even if send I me just pictures had, from like... Dolly. Have you been to Dolly World? I haven't. I want to go really bad, though. I know. It's funny. I know a lot of people that know her. Um, I've worked with a lot of musicians that have worked with her, so I'm, like, one person away. But I just feel like if I saw Dolly in the flesh and got to talk to her, I think I would just lose my mind. <laughs> I know, and I think she'd probably, she's got a personality. You'd probably get at ease pretty fast, but it's that sort of shock factor. It's Dolly, though. I think I that's mean... what it is. It's the shock that you're in the presence of somebody... Of Dolly. Of, of Dolly. As I yeah, said, of, it's of like I'd be coming back. It's like, you know, I met her. I made a total ass of myself. <laughs> Something. Yeah, it's like you walk yeah. away. It's like, ah. But you were all you're over the place. Yeah. I mean, check. Your live shows are great. And you, you. you tour all over the place. We're very, very lucky that you actually come come back here. Yeah. Yeah. I love coming back here. It's, you know, Rochester has been so supportive of me. And, you know, everybody always says, like, worst case scenario, you have your hometown. So I always keep that in mind, and I've just been so supported here. Yeah, I'll be at it. your gig at Iron Smoke. 
Awesome. Once I find my way around the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know about you, but you know it, I know it, I know Tommy, but I don't care how many times I've been there, I get lost going by there every time. That's so and funny. one time I ended up in that restaurant by it. Oh. And I had the hardest time turning around to get out of there. Oh gosh. I can find it now because I've done a music video and two shows there. So I can I can find it now, but the first couple of times it was a little confusing. It's a great venue though. Oh I love it. And Tommy's great. Yeah. He's always sort of hands on. I'm always yeah. I'll run into him walking and he goes, Hey dude, it's gonna be a great show tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well if it's not just have enough whiskey, it'll be a great show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I got my scully shirt. There you but go. But actually coming into town the other way, I saw it better. So there you go. I'll okay. get there eventually. When yeah. you it'll be summer. It'll Just be get nice. to the vicinity. You'll be good. It'll be summer. It'll be nice. Yeah. But that's cool. And you'll be back there. But you have a bunch of gigs coming up, I'm sure, not just here, but anywhere. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And we can just find you on. You have tons. If you can't remember it, I have stuff for you to use. Yeah. Stuff. Um, the best place to go to find all of my stuff would be my website, which is just AlyssaTrahan.com. Um, my shows are on there. My social media is on there. Music videos, everything's on there. Isn't so. it so different these days when the old story about well, guys, you know, we were pressing some albums, selling them out of the car. Now you can get this out there. It's yeah. amazing how simple it is. It's one of the perks and good things about social media. How easy it is to just get your stuff out there. Yeah, because you think of like all these bands, like in the years, you'll find these obscure bands, but they might be local legends, but you never. You think of some of these so-called local legends. Okay, if this was now, you'd be seeing them on YouTube, and you have a big chance to get out there, right. Spotify and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And you think, I mean, that's the thing. Recording is still fun for you, right? Because I know some I artists. I love recording, See, yeah. some artists, and I like that, too. It's like I'm very big on, I don't care if it's on CD, you know, album, whatever. I want to hear new music. Some mm-hmm. bands just say it's not worth it. I'm just going to play live. But I think yeah. there's an, I think there's a market for it. I really Yeah, do. you know, I think a big part of that is that recording is really expensive and unfortunately fans aren't buying music like they used to, so Well I do to heck with them. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> what I do too, I tell people like for your stuff, anybody's stuff I know, I will get copies and I'll hand them out to people. I'll say which now if awesome. you like this, you don't be burning this go burn like you know lady gaga she's rich <laughs> no <laughs> not really but i always say you know look support local artists you know yeah. not like they're multi-millionaires this mm-hmm. is how they don't be burning their everybody stuff everybody was a local artist at some point everybody started out terrible there's a saying <laughs> no somebody said that uh i was That's actually true. just reading j michael straczynski's book and he had quite the rough childhood but he said pick any writer any artist the beatles before they ever played were just a pub band that nobody knew and, when they, yep. and everybody when they started they weren't who they were now they probably were pretty terrible like he said when he wrote he said this stuff was just utter crap mm-hmm. but you know so i kept doing it you know you don't start off with your best if you start off with your best you're kind of in trouble later yeah. on oh yeah <laughs> i mean i was terrible when i first started oh, no, but it was a, oh i was <laughs> you did a damn <laughs> but it was a twinkle twinkle little star because <laughs> that's how we learned yeah yeah twinkle. yeah mm-hmm. i learned i mean you family. just if it's a passion you just keep going and but, you know, you hope you get better. But where can we find way. you all over here? Social media and everywhere else. Social media, Facebook, Instagram. I like posting about my kitties if you want to see them. If you don't Twitter. care about the music, watch the kitties. They're yeah, really awesome. Yeah, my kitties. They're my, they're my babies. I love them. Um, but yeah, check me out. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Do it. Spotify, Apple it's Music. It's easy to spell, too. Mm-hmm. I was worried I was going to call you Allison because I have Allison on my brain. Oh, I've been for... called everything. The worst I've been called is Elijah. Somebody Makes thought my name was sense. Elijah. Yeah, I can see that. You really? Know, just from looking at it, you know, yeah, I can see why people would 
make that mistake. Elijah. I've gotten Elijah, Allison, Elisa, you know, cause Alicia. Because there's, there's so many E's and J's in your name. I know, yeah. I, right? I mean, it it very, so thanks sense. really so much for coming down. Thank you your schedule's me. crazy. It's a little crazy. And I jam pack it when I come back. So. And everything I know, you were on Scott's show mm-hmm. and just going around doing everything. You have a gig. I won't, this won't be out today, probably, but it'll be out soon. Yeah. But you have a gig in Brockport tonight. Even. I do. Yeah, I have wait. one tonight, one tomorrow, one Saturday, and then I fly back home to Nashville on Sunday. <laughs> so by the time you guys hear this, she'll be gone. That's very possible. Yeah. But uh, I'm coming uh, back. Uh, Don't you worry. Why are in smoke? I have it written on my calendar, and you're playing. See, I know the gig before you do. I don't do. think I have any Iron Smoke gigs. Oh, yes, I do in, ju- in June. You're June, right. In yeah, June, yeah, not now. In June, I have it written on my calendar. I'm not thinking June yet. I'm thinking April. <laughs> well, when you go out to, you know, Brockport, go through the snow, you'll be thinking June. Yeah, I'll be, oh, I want summer. Yeah. But that's really cool that you still come back, and that's really nice that you, like, you remember the town, you yeah, love it here, and then. of course, always. And everything else, which this is This is where really I got cool. my start. Hey. It's always cool, and like I always like to say, well, I knew these people, and now they don't want to even talk to me anymore. Oh. <laughs> but, but I knew them when. But it's always cool seeing people progress from the start, and I've seen this in so many levels with so many people. Wow, I remember like when we were playing, you were playing, there were like 10 people there, you botched up the chords, mm-hmm. and now look at you, and I yeah. was there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and you hear people, have you ever seen my band before? Some people are like, I've been here for five years. But we're going to play something and some music if you like to play something. I have yeah. CDs. I don't know if you have something. Yeah, I mean, I would say I have a brand new song out. Yep. You guys can play that. Why don't you introduce and everything? Because you, it's your song. Sure, you do a better yeah. job than us. Um, it's called Memories, Not Dreams. And I just released it a couple weeks ago. We just put the music video out. And really, it's just a song about living your life to the fullest while you can. And making sure you don't look back on your life with any regrets. That's the only thing I'll always say. Do you enjoy doing music videos? I do. And They're do you, really fun. Tom Petty said one time that sometimes what it does to the songs is he said, don't come around here no more if you listen. Everybody knows that video. The Crazy Else and Wonderland yeah. video. He said, it's a, it's a real dark song. But, you know, during the concert, I would get out the hat. Kids would love it, as he would mm-hmm. say. But it was really dark. But how it could change the, the music from being visual to listening to the lyrics yeah 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 it's cool i feel like music videos are kind of mini movies and i always like to look at them that way and i want to make sure that they support the lyrics and what i'm singing about so it's always fun to kind of give a visual element to it and especially if the lyrics are a little like tricky if there's kind of like a twist on them it's cool to kind of throw that in the music video it's always because it's always fun to get in it's like multi-genre and everything but the song is We'll play the song. And yeah. thanks a lot for and have good luck on gigs. Happy travels. Thank you. When you get back to Nashville, you'll go, wow, it's actually not horrible. Out there. It's not snowing. Like, it's I've heard it's really like the summers because I guess I almost did an internship at the Hermitage there mm-hmm. and I heard. It can get, like, for somebody from up here, can get really hot. <laughs> it does get really hot, like, middle of summer. Um, and it does snow there not often. So, I mean, it does get cold and stuff. It'll get down below freezing and stuff, but not as like painful as it is here like i always tell my dad like the air hurts here it's so cold it doesn't hurt in nashville it's just chilly but here you walk outside and you're like oh there's like needles on my face it hurts <laughs> yeah i was coming here with the 50 mile an hour winds mm, yes <laughs> but, yes you know congrats on your career and Thank everything you. looking forward everything you do in the future should be awesome Thank and you. you know see your gig she really brings it three hours of i got tired just watching you <laughs> it's tiring i had coffee with me so it's okay always that's the thing the big thing is like the coffee yeah. 
Yeah, or but espresso. Go see the live gigs, and there's plenty of opportunities to catch you live because you play a lot of the gigs. I do, yeah. I like playing a lot, so I play as much as I can. So that's very good. So, and thanks a lot for being here, and we'll yeah. play your song. Thank and you for having me. Happy travels and happy trails. Voila. See Thank ya. you. <laughs> It's been written on pages and stone But it's just words until it hits home Life is shorter than you think And the truth is another day is never guaranteed You're born and suddenly you're 16 Next morning you wake up at 53 Those one day, someday plans you had They never came to life You say you never had the chance Everybody's time is gonna come That's the one thing we can all count on I don't Distractions before you know it, you're looking back, wondering what happened. Everybody's time is gonna come. That's the one thing we can all count on. I don't know when it will be, but when it's my time to leave, I wanna die with memories. Not That friend, tell the ones I love, I love them again. Do all the things I always said, and maybe a few I didn't yet. Everybody's time is gonna come. That's the one thing we can all count on. I don't know when it will be, but when it's my time to leave, I wanna die with. Dream.